Welcome to the Film Crew Love Podcast. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the uh, Film Crew Love Podcast, Labor of Film Love, the love of film labor. I'm your host, Tep. I'm with one of my dearest colleagues, the one and only Todd A. Dos Reese, uh, the AST. How you feel, Todd? I'm good. How are you, Tep? Excellent. Excellent, brother. Uh, Todd and I go back uh, at least, it's been almost a decade now. Uh, I first met him on the uh, sets of Southland. Uh, yes, sir. Southland. <laughs> well, well, I was a young pup then. Um, Still the and, best best L.A. cop show ever made. Yes. Yes, man. I mean, the crew, when we were on that, said, man, it never gets better than this. No. It never gets better than this. Yes. Um, uh, Todd has went on to do, uh, well, he um, he's obviously the ASC, the American Society of Cinematographers. Uh, so currently... Uh, he's working, well, not no one's working now, but he's down at David <laughs> Makes Man, uh, shooting down in Florida uh, on the OWN Network. Uh, he has experience on Longmire. He has experience with, obviously, um, um, uh, what's the name of the show? HBO. Uh, Entourage. Entourage, yes. Uh, what am I missing, brother? I did uh, I did three seasons of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. And, yes. and most recently, I just got back from Savannah, Georgia, doing a new NBC show that, that airs tomorrow, Thursday night, called Council of Dads. Council of Dads. Wow, okay, yes. cool. All right, great. So over your um, career as we go through these questions, man, but I always start off with uh, what projects uh, do you deem the most rewarding and uh, which one was the most challenging and why? Uh, that's a tough one because, I mean, going – Going back to when I was a camera assistant, moving my way up to DP, there were great films I worked on where I learned a lot. So there was rewarding uh, things happening in that when I was a, a second AC, a first AC camera operator. Um, but if you're talking as a director of photography, uh, probably the most rewarding things that I've done would probably be going back and forth. There was a three-year span where I was going back and forth between Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to Longmire. So I'd, I'd, I'd do, let's see, when was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? They would do, they would, they, it was like, I think started late summer and you go to around Christmas or February and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was a show about a woman who, who followed her ex-boyfriend to, to uh, West Covina, California. And it was all musical numbers. So we'd have three or four musical numbers every episode. So it was an hour long episode, but we would do three musical numbers, original music uh, within one, one hour episode. It was, it was amazing. So it brought me back to my roots, going back to the, to the early, to the eighties and nineties when I did you know, tons of music videos. So, yes. so I, I, I reflected on that when I was doing Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So then the springtime, I'd leave Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and go to Santa Fe, New Mexico and uh, work with some of the same crew that we had on Southland, Jimmy Murrow, and uh, do the show called Longmire in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that was a very rewarding time. But even before those two, 
um, if you go back to my first episode of television, my first episode of television was Entourage. So, I mean, if, if people ever look at that show, I mean, there'll never be another show like that other than maybe um, Homeland that would shoot in different countries, different states. We travel. I mean, we do U2 concerts. We do Laker games. We do HBO boxing on Entourage. We'd, we'd hit every new restaurant, hip club in LA. We did the Sundance Film Festival. We went to Hawaii for Mexico. We went to the Cannes Film Festival. I mean, it was, it was stuff like that, that that makes you love this industry. Yes, all the perks on that one, man. Uh, so when you, you absolutely mentioned uh, music videos, and um, I know you have experience with man, if you had to rank those based off of your preference and why, between like TV, films, commercials, and music videos, is there a ranking uh, anything, or is it just uh, whoever's paying? Oh no, I never do it for the money. That'd be the last, <laughs> that'd be the last thing I do it for. Yes. Um, um, Cause the way, when I left you, I graduated from USC and USC in the eighties was a film school. So you studied how to make films. You, you studied right. the auteur theory. The director was the voice, you know? And when I got out of USC, I got lucky enough to start working on feature films with Russell Carpenter ASC. And, you know, we do movie after movie and I learned the love of, I mean, learned the love of having one voice, a director whose voice you're seeing, whose vision you're seeing on the screen. So I would have to rank film as my number one far above the other three. Um, and let's see, uh, I would probably go with commercials number two, even though I haven't done one in a long time. Um, just because you're working with one voice, a director, but he's, you know, has a whole crew of ad agency and, uh, and pr production company that is, that is whispering in his ear or her ear. Um, but you do some creative things and you do it where you have time to do stuff. You have time to do creative things. Um, and then, believe it or not, I would go number three, I'd go music videos. I mean, that's where I started. And I've done, you know, the anywhere from $1,000 music video to, you know, half a million dollar music video. And it's been crazy being, uh, you know, shooting in South Central LA, being on a crane and hearing gunshots to, you know, being in mansions in Malibu and shooting, you know, rappers, you know, poolside. But with music videos is where I kind of got my training. It was like where I, where I would, I would do, I would do films with Russ during the week, and on weekends I would shoot music videos. So music videos will always have a love in my heart. Um, and you could be as creative, creative as you want. It's, it. There was no limit. Um, the, the more outlandish, the better it was. You know. Um, and then the fourth spot would be television, which I've been doing for about 15 years. <laughs> and you as a, a TV person yourself know what I mean when I yes. say TV is a grind. TV is a complete grind. I mean, if I, if, if, if I had to do eight or nine pages a day, there, there's, it's going to be tough for everybody. Yeah. But that's, that's what we do. We do it. And it's, uh, I think it was, I think it was Fincher or Mamet. Mamet said, 
doing a movie is like running a marathon. Doing a television show is like running until you die. Yes. And that is so true, man. It's like <laughs> you it's Monday and you gotta do eight pages. You do twelve, twelve and a half, thirteen hour day. I mean, and then tomorrow you do the same thing. Another eight pages. It's like it's it's a it's a it's a grind, man. Yeah. So that's how that's how I would rank. It. <laughs> but I'm sure I ha- I would have a lot of people disagreeing with me. No, that's, that's, that's beautiful. That's, brother. that's what. I, that's beautiful, bro. I actually, when I first asked that question someone years ago, he told me uh, commercials first, uh, and then film second, and then he said the TV, and these videos depending on who the director was or what the show right. was. Um, so that's awesome. I, I, and I, I only say film just because that's the way I was brought up. That's the way I was raised in the industry. I, I started off in film and I, I'm used to being, you know, with one voice, one director, one vision. And in television, you, you don't have that. You have a showrunner's vision, but then you get, you know, a director every, you know, seven, 14 days and right. they're putting up what they want, but the, you know what the showrunner wants. And you, you have to make sure as a director of photography, you have to have enough footage so the showrunner can redirect in post. Um, when, you're just, when you're considering taking a job or you consider passing on a job, what are the factors for that? What makes you take one or pass on one? Or um, what are those things that, make, that go through your, your head? Um, well, for me, it's it's uh, how original is it? How original is it? How original can I be? Is there room for uh, imagination and creativity on director, DP, my my team? Um, it's it's all about how original the project is. If I ha- if I've seen it already, I really don't want to do it. Um, so Gosh. that's. Probably yeah. for me. Excellent. Okay, so I guess so. Creativity be number one for you. Yes. Uh, work environment, or I say work environment. I'm saying, you know, you mentioned television, the grind, or you know, that's obviously is that above money or is that below money or what is where is that ranking your trend? I mean, money's always last for me, no matter where you put it. Because gotcha. I mean, when I my my daughter followed me into the industry, she's in post production, and when she started with this company as an internship, I said you have to make sure you, you love what you're doing. This is what you want to do. You love it so much, you would do it for free. Right. So I always, you know, I never take a job for money. Hopefully I never will have to, but it's like, I, I, if, if I have to do it for money, it's, it's going to be very unsatisfying. Speaking so of it that, would be yeah, work environment. Work environment would be the second, you know, hopefully I can create a, a good work environment for my crew and for the actors and the director. Um, but yeah, money would be last. All right. Speaking of that, uh, what job did you take and regret or pass on and, uh, and wish you didn't pass on any job that you wish you would have taken that you might've got offered for or was up for consideration and passed on it or one that you were in and said, man, I should have went another direction. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't really have regrets of the jobs I turned down because what might have, might, might be a great show just maybe wasn't right for me at the time. And it wasn't, you know, what I was looking for at the time. 
So I don't really have, I can't even think of a show that I regretted not taking and it went on and I was like, man, I wish I had taken that. So I don't, I don't think I can give you an answer to that other than that. Okay. Um, And the other part was, uh, what job did you take? You said, man, uh, where's the the exit? No, I mean, not even that. I don't think I can give you that either because there's always something. I try to learn something on every show. Gotcha. Every day I want to learn something new. Every day, not every show, but every day I want to learn something. Whether it's from uh, my grip, my my seventh hammer, or my second electrician, or my loader. You know, I want to learn something. That's what I, I love about this industry is like it's nonstop learning. Like this uh, this pandemic that we're going through, I've been getting a lot of work done. Yeah, I mean, I I work out and I read and I study. And I and I study films. I mean, I'm not looking at much television, no. but uh, I'm I'm studying films and and looking at things that I haven't seen in a while or revisiting things that I've seen and I want to go. Wow, I forgot he did that or she did that. You know, I was watching I was watching La La Land for uh, I don't know hum, umpteenth time and going, man, remember that time when Moonlight came up and they said Moonlight won Best Picture. So yes, and then then luckily. Uh, a year later, you got I got call. a call. I got a call from David Makes Man with the creator Terrell McCraney, who did Moonlight. So it was, it's it's funny. Yeah. So let me ask. So how did you get involved with that? I know you have an agent. Talk about the agency process. You've been with your uh, agent for how long, and how does that work? Um, I've, I've my latest agent. I've been with I guess almost a year now. And before this agent, I was with another agent that has three letters that I was with probably six years. But between the two agents, I left the, the agency with the three letters uh, because I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere with them. I was like, you know, the low man on the totem pole. And I kept telling them, I want to film, I want to film, I want to film. And they were just making so much money off me during doing television shows that I never even got any meetings. So when I was, they, they were, when um, David Makes Man came up, I, they didn't even put me up for it. My camera assistant happened to be the daughter of the producer, and she got me a meeting. And that's how I got David Makes Man. I, I, I met with the producer. They, they introduced me to, uh, to Terrell. We had a great meeting, and I got the job. But I left that agency after that and, and did David Makes Man without an agent. But um, I've had agents, you know, going back to my music video days, there have been – some have come and gone, um, but it's it's it's. I think it's a necessary evil, even though people might kill me for that. Um, just because you don't have all the venues that they have, all the streets and 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 ways to get to people. Right. They. I mean, I have a lot of connections. I've been doing this a long time, but I don't have the connections that a whole office of agents and junior agents and assistants have. So it's. I, I like having one. I mean, I liked keeping that 10% when I didn't have one on David Makes Man. But, you know, I, like when I went to the new agency after David Makes Man, the, the, it, during the meeting, all I talked about was films. I said, I can get TV on my own. You guys get me a film. Right. So I don't yeah. know if I answered, answered no. your agent question, but. No, that's good. That's good because it, okay. it, it illuminates um, uh, your ability and what you wish. It goes back to how you prioritize the jobs you take and uh, their willingness or ability to make that happen for you or, you know, and if they do, 
they get their ten percent. If not, you know, you keep it pushing. And uh, always pushing, always pushing. Let me ask you this. I mean, so you mentioned um, the daughter of the producer getting you on, uh, David Makes Man. I was going to ask you, like, how? Uh, who are your like? Uh, I call them OGs in the industry. Some of your, some of your sage people that you go to for advice: a phone call, an email, a cup of coffee. Um, as you navigate as a professional in uh, in your industry. Well. The two of the two of the I, I have a lot of friends, a lot of people I know in the industry that I can call at any moment. But two of the OGs, as you would call them, were the two two of the three guys that recommended me for the ASC. So it would be Johnny Simmons, ASC, mm-hmm. who does a lot of uh, four camera sitcom things, and he's I mean he's done everything, films and television. He's been doing this longer than me. I mean, I literally was his camera assistant during the music video days. That's how that's how we met. And we did documentaries. So it would be Johnny Simmons. And the other one would be Russ Carpenter, who, when I got out of film school, like I said before, was doing a film. I, I hooked up with his camera crew. And I, I was on his camera crew for, for probably a decade, um, moving, moving my way out from loader to second AC, the first AC, the operator. So th- those would be my two top dog OGs. Yes. But I have, you know, Jimmy Murrow, who's the DP of uh, was Southland. Now he's doing SEAL Team. I mean, I, I, I consider him a, a dear friend. But there are so many, so many first ADs. You, My man. Uh, another first AD named Jeffrey Wetzel. Yes. Um, there are producers like Kelly Manners, who I did Necessary Roughness with. Uh, Sarah Kaplan, who I did Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with, uh, Greer Shepard, who I did Longmire with. So, I mean, yeah, work, working my, my way down the tree. But, yeah, I mean, and, and Johnny Simmons, if you go back to Johnny Simmons, I did a, uh, a panel with him at the ASC Clubhouse. And the moderator, uh, Johnny was on the panel, and I was just in the audience. But uh, the moderator asked the audience, was it was probably a couple hundred people, and they said, how many of you in this room have been mentored by Johnny Simmons? 90% of the room raised their hand. Yes. That's, that's what kind of, that's what kind of guy Johnny Simmons is. Yes. I mean, he's, he's been teaching for decades. He, I mean, he taught at UCLA. He's too busy now to teach. I think he's just, he's just doing two Netflix shows, but he probably still is teaching somewhere, but mentor, mentor, mentees he has all, all day long. Um, he actually got me when I got into ASC uh, he and another DP friend of ours, Cynthia Pushek, put me on the vision committee, which is which has the uh, diversity and the mentorship program within the ASC. So I'm with them constantly, either, well, now not anymore, but on Zoom and talking to them on the phone. But th- Johnny was the, the reason that there's a mentorship program at the ASC. That's fantastic, man. I know his, I mean, his name rings out. Uh, I've met him somewhere in passing. I know you've spoken highly of him for uh, as long as I've known you, man. So that's I, that's a great tidbit. How many folks that he's affected, man? Those are the type of connections, the industry. That's what the beauty of this thing. That's why I love it. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, we talk about how the pandemic spreads. I just think about how all the crews are intertwined in some kind of way. Right. Uh, that's what's fanta- fascinating to me. Um, well, especially especially me being an African-American director of photography. Yes. 
you know, when I first started out, the only people that were working with me were my, my friends who are African-American, you know, minorities, right. women. So, and then there's so few of us, there's so few African-American DPs that we share, we share the same, a lot of the same crew. Like uh, my gaffer, Mozzie Mitchell, was also Johnny Simmons gaffer, you know, and, and on and on. But yeah. we have the same camera operators. We have the same camera assistants. It's like, it's, it's a very small group. And unfortunately, hopefully we can make it bigger and better. Cause I mean, let's see, I am the only the seventh African-American ASC member. Yeah. There are only seven of us. Well, the other six. Uh, I used to be able to do this. Hold on. So I'm I'm 007. That's how I remember. And okay. then I go backwards. Yeah. Brad Bradford Young was before me. I saw him on the cover of the magazine. Good for him. Yeah, okay. that's great. Yeah. Um, there's Johnny Simmons. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ernest Dickerson. Nice. Bill Dill. Oh, Dill. Nice. Don Morgan. Uh, who am I forgetting? Like that's six. There's one more. I'm forgetting one more. Oh, what about so your bad. brother uh, over on um, Snowfire? Is he in it? Uh, uh, what's my man? Tommy? No. Tommy's Tommy's not in. Okay. But uh, he he he's looking good right now. He's looking good. Okay. He's doing some really good work out there. Great. Yeah, I watched that show heavy, man. I was proud of season three. Uh, and I we Snowfall? Yeah, Snowfall. It was yeah. nice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, all right, so let's get into the nitty gritty. Like, describe your daily routine. Uh, how do you work on set? What do you prepare? You know, uh, do you you get prep on your show, uh, Daily Makes Man, right? And you guys have alternating uh, DPs, or are you just on set all the time and they just kind of prep you as you go? How does and when you get no. on set, what do you do? Well, let's see. The last two shows, the the one most recent was Council of Dads, yeah. and the one before that was David Makes Man. Right. So neither show did I have alternating DPs. Okay. Because they were they were first season shows, and a lot of times they don't want right. to. They don't they don't have the budget first season to alternate alternate DPs. So I I came up with a system, and I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but I I use this system that I started I started it on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, um, where my operator, uh, if when I go. So every, well, I, I'll explain it out, but you already know this. Um, so we have, a director comes in, he has, he or she has seven days of, of prep. Um, during those seven days of prep, I'm shooting the, pre, the, the previous episode um, with another director for seven days. So what I, what I came up with was during the prep director's tech scout, I would leave the set, have my operator shoot on that day that the tech scout is and go with the next director to scout locations that right. they've picked and figure out how I'm going to light it. So that's what I came up with. That, I, that system has followed me from Crazy X to David Makes Man to uh, – wait, David Makes Man? I, I couldn't do it on David Makes Man because we were in Florida. So we didn't, we, we didn't have, I didn't have the assets that I have here being in LA. Yeah. You know, I was in, I was in Orlando. So I didn't have an uh, operator that I could move up. So I, I did it on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and I did it on um, Council of Dads. We did it in Savannah. Luckily, they let me bring my operator from LA so he could move up and DP the days I needed to tech scout. So going back to my daily routine, my daily routine starts in prep. Because, you know, the beginning of the show, say you have, usually it's about three weeks of prep. 
during those three weeks of prep, I work with that first director to figure out how they want to do that first episode. So what I do in the three weeks, you know, we, we scout, we look at locations, we, we turn down locations, we love locations, we lose locations, we pick other locations. So, but what I do is I work in those three weeks, I work with the director to figure out how, how we're going to shoot it and how it's going to be. Because usually that first episode is, is how the rest of the season is going to go. So you can get kind of get a feel for it. You know, you get a feel for the crew, how they're going to work on location, how they're going to be on stages, you know. So I, I talk about this because my biggest uh, uh, thing about preparation is uh, I, I need to do all my work, but 90% of my work is done in pre-production. So whether it's that three weeks of pre-production at the beginning of the show, or that one day I have the tech scout with the new director, that's where I do my preparation for the upcoming episodes. So my daily routine is, okay, we're shooting these eight scenes today. What I have done that weekend before is I've looked at locations and I've have, I have a, a director's, um, director's boards, director maps, what am I thinking of the word? Plan, director uh, plan, yeah. Director, director plans, thank you. Yeah. I have director plans on paper where I write out my lighting diagrams and where cameras should, could be, you know, depending on what, what I've, how much in-depth I've gone with the director on how much they've told me where they want cameras or where they think it could be. But I pretty much have lit the, the scenes on paper. Yeah. So my daily routine is I pull out, my uh, lighting diagrams that have already been distributed to my camera operators, my gaffer and electricians, my key grip and my grips. So everybody knows how we're starting the day. Right. So they see the lighting down, they go, oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do a master from here. Let's move all, make sure all the lights are clear from this way because we're gonna we'd be looking right through that window. Right. So it's stuff like that. So part of my daily routine is, ha, ha, is done before I even get to the set. And then we and then we start cranking out eight nine pages a day, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's uh, that's I was uh, so. I'm, I'm going to ask you this portion of the uh, segment, which I normally call. Uh, this might offend my political connects, but be <laughs> but before I do, before I do that, I want you to kind of elaborate on what kind of production team. Uh, you look for uh, either aspiring or the, those folks that you've carried with you for years. Uh, you know, talk about their um, the things that that uh, you look for in your team with you know assistants, loaders, operators, etc. And then how you work with a director and a uh, AD. Uh huh. I'll get to the AD and director last. Yeah. Um, but. My, my crew, I've, I mean, I've been building since I got out of USC, like Mozzie Mitchell, my gaffer, and I have been doing music videos for 20 years. I mean, we've gone apart. We've grown, we've, we've gone different directions where he would start working with, you know, Johnny Simmons and I'd have another gaffer or something, but we've been, we've been together for, for decades. So we know each other pretty well. Um, and what I always tell my, my crew from, from the gaffer down to the loader. If you have an idea, let me hear it. Cause it doesn't matter where the, where the, where the idea comes from. Every, I want everybody to be creative. I want everybody to have input, 
you know, I have to cipher it down and figure out what works and what doesn't. But I love when people come up to me and, and give me ideas because when I was a loader, I was going to Russ Carpenter on movies and saying, hey, Russ, what if you, is that a Xenon you're using? What if you had a Xenon with a mirror? You know, I, I was throwing stuff at it. I'm sure I was a pain in the ass, but, but that's, that's what I did. So I, I welcome the input from my crew. Um, yeah, I mean, I love them to be creative. They have to be intelligent. They have to know their way around the set. Um, I just, I, I want to make it, because I, I grew up playing basketball, so I always think of it as a team, as, you know, mainly a basketball team. Like, who's, who's going to be the point guards? Who's going to be the shooting guards? Who's going to be our defenders, you know? I like to think of my whole team as one team of creative athletes. Yes. Um, now, the director and AD, what, what was the question about the director and AD? So, how do you... How do, how do I work yeah, with them? Yeah. So once once again, I start, you know, that whether it's that three week pre-production or the one day tech scout production, you know, I'm working with the AD and the director to try to figure out what would in the perfect world. It would be during that one tech scout day, we go through every scene, which is impossible, which is impossible because you're trying to do a tech scout and talk about every scene on an hour long episode. So it's almost impossible. So I get broad strokes sometimes, but. You know, the director is there with me and I, we always have the AD in there at the same, you know, in the same meeting. So everybody's on the same page knowing what's going on, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's I, 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 I've, ha- I've been lucky enough to have some really good directors and ADs in my career. So, Excellent. yeah, it's always it's always it's always fun to have, you know, people with creative ideas. Let me ask you this. Um, so who is underrated? Who's overrated and who's properly rated? <sighs> uh, let me start. Let me let me start with the one I think I is the only one I'm going to answer. Because um, you're gonna get you're gonna get me in trouble. I'm, no. I already have so many enemies. Not um, at all, man. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to say personal names. It could be. Oh, I I, I know, I know. Yeah. But um, like underrated people don't ever think about this. But it's one of the hardest jobs on the set is that on-set dresser. Mm-hmm. That the on-set dresser is usually by their cells. No assistance with them. They might get a hand from the prop department. But, you know, you need a table move. You need a bureau move. It's that one person. And as a DP, I mean, I have to set up the, I have to set up the location. I have to set up the room. And that on-set dresser is the first person I talk to. Yeah. It's the first person, like, let's let's see if we can take that lamp and move it to the other side, you know, stuff like that. But no one ever thinks about the onset dresser. That's like once I'm in pre-production, like almost the first day, I go to the production designer and say, like, who's my onset dresser? That's the like almost as important as the production designer and the art director. Yeah, that's so Who true. Who is my onset dresser? That's so true, man. That's so true. I mean, I, that's I could be one of the surliest persons. You ever met? I'll be one of the joyful persons. The onset dresser is a very important fulcrum, man. You're right. And they have they have so much to do by themselves. Yeah. It's like it, it almost feels like this should be they should create another position. Yeah, true. Like second second onset dresser or assistant onset dresser. It, that's I mean that's 
um, my underrated, top of the underrated list. Um, makeup artist. As a director of photography, my, my makeup artist is so important. Almost like my right-hand man or woman, right, right next to my gaffer, my key grip, and my camera operators, the makeup artist. Because if, I, I mean, I shoot, shoot a lot of women, and if they're not on their game, it's, I, I, sometimes I can't help them. Yeah. So, I mean, and I always get the, I always get the uh, accolades of like, oh, you make her so look, you make her look so good. I'm like, I didn't do anything. It's the makeup artist. Right. It's, it's the, it's the makeup artist right there is doing it. Um, and then also on my underrated list would probably be my rigging gaffer and my rigging key grip. Because mm-hmm. they do stuff that no one sees. But when you walk into a new location or you walk into a new set, if they didn't take good notes when we did our tech scout, we're, we're, it's going to be a long day on that set. True. So True. those would be my yes. underrated. Um, overrated. Hmm. Overrated, I'd have to say, because I've been in television for a long time. Uh, uh, TV directors. Yeah. TV directors. Because, I mean, I mean, I've worked with some great ones and I've worked with some not so great ones. Yeah. And because they, I mean, it's, it's almost an unfair uh, animal because TV directors, they're trying to satisfy the showrunner, but also put their imprint on it. But depending on how, how, how the show is and how long it's been going, it probably already has a look and it probably already has a style. And sometimes those TV directors are just bus drivers and they know it. And they just let the crew drive drive them around. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, and properly rated. Like uh, I heard, so and so was great. Uh, believe it, or you know, um, believe the hype. Like you love Kobe Bryant so much, <laughs> oh, Mike Jordan. <laughs> Himself too, brother. All right. I thought you said I thought you said Larry Bird. What did you say? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I think I mean I mean TV directors. I mean they they're in a sometimes a bad situation. But you know I'm not going to feel sorry for them. They're making thirty to fifty thousand dollars an episode. Right. I mean, that's my that would be my overrated. Okay, and who who do you think is properly rated? That's a tough one, man. It's like I I, I want to put this in a positive spin, like yeah. properly rated, like someone who is great and who I think is great, like Bradford Young. I think he's great. Okay. I mean, I could watch his I could watch his films all day long. Yeah, and just study study scenes and shots, and then try to call him and. Never get a call back. Yeah, <laughs> Brad, how do, I want to know how you did something. Nothing. Yeah, crickets. Yeah, but uh, I love his work. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the the greats, you know, that that I love, that I that I studied so much, and I st- still study. Like I said, this this pandemic has brought me back to some of my my favorite DPs, like Conrad Hall, mm. Gordon Willis. Uh, Roger Deakins. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they could be rated any other way. They're the top of the, you know, the Mount Rushmore of directors of photography. So, mm. 
that would I, that's what I would say properly rated. But if you want me to go to other, uh, no, 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 crew. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. That's great. That's great. Um, it gives the audience food for thought uh, on who they need to uh, do more history on. Um, I guess for you, is there anyone that you want to work with in front or behind the camera that you haven't worked with before? Anyone you look forward to? Oh man, how long is this show? Uh, I mean. You give me uh give me a couple people, man. You know. Um, I would love to work with John Ridley. Mm. John John Ridley, I mean, yes. just you can even take out Twelve Years a Slave, right? Yeah. Masterful, masterful. There's a movie he directed, the Jimi Hendrix story. Yes. I think it's called Jimmy by My Side. Man, I could watch that every day. It's so good. It's like no, I never, I didn't see it come to the to the to the theaters. It just happened to come on, you know, HBO or Showtime. I was like, I was just blown away with it. I was like, man, he's making some unbelievable choices that are all working. Yes. I just loved it. So John Ridley, um, there's a director, a TV director. This is going to be hard coming from me. A TV director that I've worked with twice on Longmire, who I'm dying to work with again. Uh, a woman named Zetna Fuentes. I was saying this great. Yes. You know Zetna? Yeah. Oh, my God. We just clicked... We did. Uh, she came in for the first ep- her first episode of Longmire, and we just clicked. Yeah, it was just like we had known each other for years. Maybe because we're both from the East Coast. Yeah, uh, it was just so easy. It was like yes. butter. Yes, she's great. I mean, I love working. I mean, I I call her every time after I finish a job. I'm like, what are we doing? When are we working? You got a pilot? Let's do it. What's a fi- you got a feature? What what's happening? What are we doing? Right. But she's so hot right now. She's hot. I mean, I don't know when I'll get to work with her. Um, know who else? And you know her. This one too. The, a new director named Regina King. I'd love to work ah, with yes. behind the camera <laughs> as a director. I'm a phone call, yes. I, I man, I, I've been I've been emailing her. I I'd love to work with her. Like like we said earlier, she was the lead on Southland, and I got to work with her with you and and Regina, and it was just it was just fantastic. We would talk about filming between you know, shots and I, she's just a special person. Yeah. I'm so happy for all her, her success now. Um, uh, and another, another director that I've worked with, but I haven't worked with in a while and I'm, I would die. I'm dying to work with him again. We, our timing has been off. So we, we keep missing each other. Uh, Tim story, mm. you know, Tim story. Yes. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's so cool. Nothing phases him. He never gets upset, excited, angry he just smooth and uh creative all in one it's it's that would be that would be fantastic if i could get get together with him again it's a smart word man because uh tim his sister uh i know her uh they, you know our sons grew up together and tim's sister um uh went to school with regina and high school with regina over in westchester over here so it's a small world because you mentioned those two. Oh, they went to westchester high school yeah yeah, went to Westchester <laughs> High School, man. Yeah, I'm right over here. Yeah, I'm right over here. Street, smart world. I didn't know Regina went there. She did, man. She did. Uh, That's funny. All right, cool. So, as I wrap it up, I want one strength and one thing you can work on uh, for you. What is one thing that you say you know I like to improve upon, and one thing that I can hang my hat on? Uh, so uh, one thing I am. I work on every day I'm on the set 
is um, trying to hide my disdain and complete anger at people that are not good at their jobs. Mm. Like usually the director mm. or the AD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I'm like, especially with directors and ADs, you've had seven days of prep and you coming in like this. Yeah. So, and, and it's hard for me. I, I have to, I have to find a way to not show it because by day five or six, I start to show it Yeah. where I can't take it. So I have to work on hiding that, hiding, hiding my, uh, my uh, displeasure with people. Um, so that's the strengths. Not, yeah. What was what were we gonna say? Yeah, yeah. What's one of your strengths? I think one of my strengths is my uh, my work in pre-production. How much work I put in pre-production. Like I want to make sure that by the time I get to day one, I I already know how each thing is, each scene or each sequence or each day is gonna go, knowing that there are gonna be some wild wild hairs that come in that we're not counting on like a hurricane in Georgia or Florida mm. that we, we didn't plan on, you know? I, so I, I, I want to do most of my work in, uh, in pre-production. So that's, that's, I think that's one of my strengths is, is, is how much work I put in pre-production. Excellent. Uh, and, and also, also looking for originality in everything. How can I make this original? I've seen this before. I've seen this restaurant scene before. But how can I make it original? What haven't I seen? Whether it's a wide master that establishes the restaurant or some little hand gesture that I, I wasn't thinking of, you know, something that's original. Yes, yes. I remember um, years ago we were, we were shooting up in Ladera somewhere and it was a scene. Someone was outside smoking a cigarette. And I think you either you tilted up to show the other cigarette butts that had been on the ground, and and you, I forgot was who was smoking. I think it was outside. Someone was doing something, but I remember Chulak came over and gave you a that a boy, great shot, tied. You know, I like that, <laughs> and I thought that was a good uh, show. You know, I think you might have been BFC camera that day, but it was a good. Those cameras get a chance to tell the story uh, with just the elements in play, and I loved how you just integrated that. So I felt that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I I would love to work with Chris Trulak again. I mean, he did the last episode of Longmire. Yeah. And there's, I, I think there are so few great directors in television, but he is definitely one. Oh, my God. Yes, man. Come on. Yes. All right, cool. So I'm going to wrap this up, man. I, uh, my final question, I'd like to see who uh, would you like to pass the baton to? Who would you like to hear from? on a future Film Crew Love podcast as we expand uh, our reach to the film crew community. Uh, how many can I give you? As many as you want. Okay. Well, let's start with Johnny Simmons ASC. Yes. He has a great voice. He, he used to do radio. You'll love him. Great. Uh, let's go Bradford ASC if you can reach him. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, Tommy Maddox would be great. Yes. Uh, let me think of someone who's not a DP. Hey, Jeffrey Wetzel. Yes. He's he's one of the, I think, one of the best first ADs I've ever worked with. Um, he would be fun. He's a crazy character. Um, 
And then uh, a, a production designer I worked with, Unnecessary Roughness, who was one of the best I've worked with, Paul Peters. He would be he would be very interesting. Um, and 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 I'll end it with my man from Entourage, production designer, who also did um, Empire with Tommy Maddox, uh, uh, Chase Harlan. Chase Harlan, okay. Yeah. Him down. Chase Harlan, excellent. All right, uh, this has been fantastic, man. Uh, appreciate you. Oh man, thanks, thanks for thanks for thinking of me. This was fun. Nah, man, I'm glad we can check on memory lane, and uh, I'll be in touch with you. You know, if not, I'll see you at the barbershop. But no, I need one. <laughs> Wait, is he is he still cutting hair? No, he's not. He's over. not, man. I've been in touch with him. He's not cutting, but um, I got I got an afro. Me too, bro. Dude, I got an afro. Me too. <laughs> I got. I even got a pick. <laughs> me too, bro. <laughs> me too. Yes, it did. Take care of yourself, man. Uh, I'll be in touch. All right, brother. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. One.